T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. On a Tuesday night, George Sells with you. KMOX at your service uh, with you until 10 o'clock tonight. All right, we got through a whole hour of the show without talking about COVID-19 or the pandemic or anything. Or mostly, they may have been mentioned, but we we did okay. I was, I was feeling good, pretty good about it. But we can't make it all the way. I mean, come on. The free tests from the government were made available today, so everybody's running out and trying to and signing up for those. But... What I want to share with you is something that struck me, and it was a it was a news release that was in my email the other day. Uh, the Moonstone Theater Company, which is uh, a theater company working out of the, the brand new uh, Kirkwood Center for the Performing Arts, beautiful arts center in Kirkwood. Uh, they had a play proof scheduled to open on February seventeenth, and they have now rescheduled the production. They have postponed it. Until this is to start running on March 24th. So, and what jumped out at me about this is we've seen these time after time after time after time, but just the struggle it has been for so many people, so many industries, particularly theater, the arts, uh, through this whole pandemic, to try to decide when to make a decision like this. How do you make this call? Well, Sharon Hunter is the artistic director for the Moonstone director for the Moonstone Theater Company, and she joins me on the line right now. Uh, Sharon, thank you for joining us on KMOX. Oh well, thank you for having me, George. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, and, and you no, know, it's a, it's a, a bummer of a circumstance, and I'm I'm sorry to to be kind of ringing your phone when you're not doing what you want to be doing. But this has got to be so frustrating to try to have to sit there and gauge. What is the Omicron going to do in the next month and a half, and can I put people in a theater? Absolutely, and this has been a very uh, a very big challenge for most of the theater companies in St. Louis, along with other arts organizations like the St. Louis Art Museum, and we've seen the Missouri History Museum also close. Um, it, you know, it came down to just watching the numbers and I think realizing that um, this is not really the best time because of this Omicron variant for people to gather in big groups. I mean, that's what we kept hearing as the numbers were going up and the cases were going up, how hard this has been on our medical community. And, you know, it was just this feeling of we should avoid crowds. And and the number one thing is, and I and I hope that people understand that with the entertainment industry, theater, the theater industry, 
we want to keep the audiences safe. And not only do we want to keep our artists safe and our, our, our crew and our designers, everybody, it's just not a time to relax right now. And, and believe me, I never thought we'd be having this discussion again. I mean, two years ago, when I started the St. Louis uh, Theater Community Task Force, it was in April of 2020, we would gather twice a month to talk, to talk about all this, how do we get through this, all these alternative ways of doing theater on the radio, doing it on virtual streaming. We didn't think at this point, two years later, we'd be in this situation again, where we would be pivoting and moving things and switching where we're doing our shows and when can we have them. It's, 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 a, it's a shock to us as well. It's got to be also a frustration for you because everybody's making different decisions and maybe some of the people who you know financially can afford to make them are, are rolling the dice. You know, the you're not seeing the shows yet postponed at the Fox Theater right now. You're not seeing the hockey game over at the Enterprise Center get postponed. Uh, and yet you are in a position and you're obviously you're looking at this and listening to what they're saying from the health department and trying to act responsibly. And you're you're looking around and you're seeing others who are making polar opposite decisions. Does it get a little frustrating when not everybody's well, on sure. the same page? And I think obviously for smaller theater companies – it's not easy because, you know, we're working show to show and you're, you're trying to make sure that everybody who's, who's been hired is, is being compensated and taken care of. You're trying to be very diligent about postponing your show so that you can make sure that you can still, you know, have some sense of possibly then performing and having an audience and being able to still, you know, keep a revenue going. It is, it is harder for, I, I have to say, for smaller theaters. However, it is starting to, I think, really involve uh, larger theaters as well, because like today, the Repertory Theater of St. Louis has postponed their show till March. Um, they were going to, I think they were doing the 39 Steps. Um, we've seen the Black Rep. They've postponed now till the, the show they were going to open with till, till July. Uh, you know, so some of the bigger theaters are also making these same decisions. And trust me, it's not easy all the way around, you know? It's got to be a tough one. Well, let, let's, let's, let's transition at least into something more fun. And <laughs> that is the Kirkwood Performing Arts Center where you guys are performing. Uh, that was another thing that was slowed by COVID as far as opening up and everything. Uh, tell me a little bit about what that place is proving to be like. And I, I guess you're looking forward to I'm not sure if this is going to be your first show there or if you've already done something, but that, that's got to be fun unveiling and unwrapping a new place like that. It's a great place, and the, and the people there are wonderful. It's, it's really, you know, we did get to do one show. The first show of my season actually did happen in November. We did Jake's Women by Neil Simon. We had wonderfully big crowds. We were simultaneously doing our show in the black box while uh, Kirkwood Theater Guild was doing uh, The Man Who Came to Dinner on the main stage. And so we heard from people afterwards saying, well, this is like a little Lincoln Center because it's right here in the mecca of Kirkwood. Kirkwood, and we've got simultaneous shows going on, which is great for theater because it becomes like an entertainment mecca. Um, you have all those surrounding restaurants. It's a really nice feel. And they've been great there, and I have really enjoyed working in their Strauss Studio Theater. 
Um, and I'm looking forward to, you know, I've, I've, as you said, I have reprogrammed proof to come into March 21st, 24th to April 10th. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's a wonderful new uh, facility. It's a, it's beautiful glass building. I don't know if you've been down there. It's, it's a lovely location right by the train tracks over there. It's really cool what they've done. You've got to also be just looking, you've got to, at this point, You've got to be looking forward to just being able to get back to the functions of running a theater company and putting on shows and not worrying about having to play uh, makeshift medical officer, scheduler, and and everything else. That's That's got to be high, high on your list at this point. I mean, t- trust me, when we were doing Jake's Women, we were getting COVID tested twice a week. And it, it's, it, that's all we were doing is that every time we would show up at rehearsal, it was like we'd look on our phones and go, okay, I'm negative, you know, let's go. It's, 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 it's been a challenge, but I have to say that everybody in theater has risen to that challenge. Nobody has said, okay, I'm going to throw in the towel. I mean, people continue to keep coming back because, you know, it, it's the arts and we wanted to thrive. We wanted to continue. I mean, you know, my third show, which was supposed to be in March, which was the, I, I was going to do the, the Midwest premiere of the Tony nominated from last year's Grand Horizons. Now I've got to figure out where I'm going to put that. And is it going to be in the summer? Is it going to be in the fall? And what are my dates going to be? But, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like as long as we keep moving forward and as long as we keep sort of rolling with the punches here, then we can come back to where we need to be. It's a very resilient uh, art and theater community in St. Louis, and people are really doing their best not only to keep everybody safe, but but to bring theater always back in a live in a live format. And and that kind of takes me to my last question, and kind of <laughs> thirty thousand foot view as somebody who knows the theater community in this city. Uh, I've I've always been amazed, and and I'm a periphery outskirts guy, but have always been amazed how it just seems like everywhere you turn around, you will find uh, some small theater group playing in some place that you didn't even know was a theater. And they're just all over the place and have been for as long as I've lived here, you know, 13, 14 years. And how would you rate the health of theater in St. Louis on what we believed at least to be the back end of this pandemic? I think it has. I think it has endured. I think it it will it will continue to keep evolving. I mean, we we did that over the last couple of years. People were coming up with all these new ways of. We'll do theater outside. We'll do theater on on uh, streaming on on their computer. We'll do theater on radio. We will continue to keep striving, and we will we will endure. We will come back full force. It, you'll you'll see it as as the couple of month, next couple of months get get through this this surge and and just to keep keep the faith that we will continue to stay healthy and keep everyone healthy but i have no doubt in the st louis theater community it is a strong one the people are resilient and i'm i couldn't be prouder to be a part of this uh, and I'm so glad to have Moonstone Theater Company here because I say across the board, such creative and talented people that we have in the city. And it's it's uh, it's wonderful to be a part of it. Seriously. Well, Sharon Hunter, everybody is rooting for you Thank and your you. efforts to keep us all entertained. Thank you so much for joining us on KMOX tonight. Thank you. Well, 
make sure everybody comes to MoonstoneTheaterCompany.com and check out, you know, for tickets and where we're going to be and, and, and when we're going to, you know, have our, have our shows. We're looking forward to it. Lots to George, see. thank you so much for your time and for being such a supporter of the arts. I appreciate that. Anytime, Sharon. Thank you so much. Okay, have a great night. You too. 917 on KMOX. We're back in a moment. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. X at your service, 921 on a Tuesday night. This is fascinating to me. And we're going to get some insight here from our friend Holly Fan from Eater Magazine. Uh, new article out in Eater Magazine. And Eater is one of these online magazines. They've got stuff from all over the place. Uh, different articles about different restaurants, different cities, different countries. And they've got this... New piece out, destinations around the world, you know, the, the, the 22 destinations, where to eat in 2022. And, you know, Guadalajara, Mexico, and Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, and then we got some spots in the Caribbean. And then you go down through here, San Antonio, Texas, I can see that maybe, and you go down, and somewhere between... Suburban Toronto and Dubai, we find St. Louis. So Holly Fan joining <laughs> us now. How in the world did that happen? Yeah, it's crazy, right? <laughs> really? Welcome to KMOX again. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to talk to you. So, um, so how how does this work out? How I'm gonna I'm gonna divide this uh, conversation into kind of two sure. two uh, sections here. We're gonna start off with St. Louis landing amongst these world dining destinations and then we'll, we'll we'll dip from there back into some ground that we've touched on before but you can you can always touch on it a little more it's some of the essential spots in st louis that got mm-hmm. us on this list but sure want to start though with you know how how did we as st louis and and you even the way you put it in here in the in the article st louis has snuck its way into the top 15 restaurant destinations in america Mm-hmm. Is the way you might hear it, and you know, snuck its way in. How mm-hmm. do we sneak our way into yeah. a top destination in the world? Right, isn't that nuts? So, um, so the way this happened was was sort of it, it was it was sort of my a crazy idea, beat you know that became reality um, because I had written about 
St. Louis before for Eater, um, which was what they call a map, which is kind of just the city roundup of great restaurants. And we had talked about that this summer. Um, I was invited to pitch my city for this piece, which was Eater's list of the most important food cities in the world. And I thought to myself, you know, I love St. Louis. St. Louis is amazing. We have this incredible dynamic food scene that's underappreciated. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to pitch this. I'm going to, you know, fight hard for my city and, and we'll see what happens. And I think maybe it was a mix of sheer ignorance and naivete and just delusion. Um, But somehow the people at Eater, uh, you know, listened to me and they they listened to what St. Louis had to offer and how different we were from other food cities and what sort of makes us an exceptional place. And they included us and we're one of, I think, five cities um, domestically that are on the list. The rest of them are, are all international. It's pretty it's pretty it's pretty amazing. So first tell me what was it in your after you sat through that pitch meeting made mm-hmm. your pitch, heard a lot of the other ones, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. What was it about the pitch of Saint, the pitch for St. Louis you think that, that kind of put us over to the top and made us a serious contender in this conversation? Yeah, sure. So what they seem to respond to the most and what I think really people maybe don't know that our diners are just, you know, people who are part of the food dining community, they don't get to see this part of our industry, our hospitality industry and the restaurant industry. But St. Louis is extremely unique in that our chefs and our hospitality, um, you know, magnets and our, our little guys, our up and comers, we all work together. And I've worked in restaurants in New York. I've worked in restaurants here. I've worked in restaurants in, in other cities. And I can guarantee you it is not that way in other cities. Other restaurants are competitive. Other chefs um, are divisive. It's not like that here. Here, the little guy is helped by the big guy. I, I make a, um, a reference to Kui Tran, who owns Miley and Noodle House, who is a phenomenal human being, but also has been very, very important in the growth and sort of the forward-thinking of our culinary community. And what he did and what he does on the regular without telling anyone and with no one knowing is he does things like opens his restaurant at night for young entrepreneurs who want to start out a food business but don't have the um, either the, the space or the you know, financial ability to rent out a space for themselves to cook. And so he will help them out in that way. Um, there are places like Urban Eats, which is this amazing place in Dutchtown that helps to facilitate to facilitate, excuse me, um, young chefs trying to start out um, on their own. So there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are established helping out little guys, and that seems like in other industries, oh, that's how it works. But in the restaurant community, that's very very strange. But for some reason, St. Louis is so so focused on making the dining community as a whole exceptional that we help each other out and we support each other and we have a compassion for each other that isn't seen in other food cities. 
So the rising tide lifts all boats uh, sort of thing exactly is what it. is what worked with it. And 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 what was as you're making this pitch to, to the editors of Eater, mm-hmm. which I, I presume they're either out of New York or L.A. Yeah, um, New York. Yeah. So what what is the reaction you're getting as you're as you're to, to these comments and to to this sort of line, this sort of storyline that you're putting out there about St. Louis? Yeah, sure. So what was interesting is I think St. Louisans had we have a bit of a chip on our shoulder about how much national recognition we receive because for the amount of great food we're putting out um, and the amount of diverse uh, different types of types of culinary cuisine we have here to offer, we don't tend to get a lot of national recognition. Um, we will sort of receive accolades for independent, you know, or individual restaurants, but we're not seen as a city as necessarily the dining destination that we want to be seen as. So when that first map came out, Eater contacted me and they were so surprised at how much engagement and readership St. Louis had for this list that they had put out. And the day that they had posted uh, the list of these, at the time, 20th Central St. Louis restaurants, there was more readership for the St. Louis list than there was of any other city that they had dropped that day. And so they recognized that, hey, there's something different about this city. The people there are really engaged with the food. They're, they, they're really knowledgeable about what's going on in restaurants, and they're they're invested. And so I think that alone really pushed St. Louis forward as, as a serious food city. It was the people who who support it was, you know, was really outstanding. So what seemed to connect to them the most was that we were, during the time of such uncertainty, during a time of COVID and and Omicron and all this horrible stuff that has happened, you know, and made made the restaurant community just stressed to to the point of breaking, if not breaking, that we still had sort of our heart and soul intact and that we were able to to still have this community where in other cities people were just sort of, you know, falling apart on their own. That doesn't happen here. So tell me as you were as this process is going on, mm-hmm. uh, what jumped out at you as far as other cities went? I mean, you're you're hearing Buenos Aires, you're hearing mm-hmm. Nantes, France, <laughs> uh, and Clarkson, Georgia. <laughs> what yeah. was what was jumping out to you listening to the listening to some of these very yeah. exotic places in Clarkson, I know, Georgia? Isn't that nuts. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, they actually kept so the pitch process was was pretty secretive. They would not tell us. Um, what other cities were being uh, chosen or, or, or what pitches they were even listening to. So our pitches were individual. Um, but from looking at the list from last year, it, it was very similar. It was cities like, you know, Porto, Portugal, and, and you know, these amazing cities in Japan and Korea and all these, all these places that seem much more um, significant maybe or larger or more recognized than, uh, you know, our Midwestern city. But um, I think our time has come. <laughs> I think people are starting to, to realize that there's, there's, something, there's something exceptional going on in the middle of the country, not just on either coast.
Okay. Well, now I've made a promise, and that promise was to get to some of the places that yeah. got us to got us to this major international list. So yeah. my my favor I'm going to ask of you is, can you stay with us through the break and absolutely. come back and talk a little bit about some restaurants? There's that's the only thing I know about. So absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we'll be back with Holly Fan. More some of the. Places you got to try around the St. Louis area that have put us on a global list of food destinations for 2022. Back with that in a moment. It's 932 on KMOX. 936, Tuesday night on KMOX at your service. Back with another segment with Holly Fan from Eater Magazine. She managed to get St. Louis landed in one of the global top destinations for dining in 2022. And now we're going to talk about some of the places that got us there. Holly, thanks for sticking around. Yeah. Okay, so you've cheated because the last time I spoke to you, I think you had either the 20 or (laughs) Mm -hmm. 22 Mm -hmm. essential places to eat in St. Louis, and now we're up to 26. Yeah. (laughs) So what got added? (laughs) (laughs) You're exactly right. Uh, We were at 20, and we, we, we... bumped it up a few. Um, there are a couple places that that were not open when the original list came out. Um, Gerard because... Craft's latest spot, for one? Exactly. Exactly. Um, Kempis is another one. Um, ben Groupie's uh, amazing restaurant that was unfortunately delayed because of, of COVID, and it was delayed and delayed, and they sort of pivoted to doing takeout, but they finally were able to have their sit-down, fine dining experience um, available and ready for the public, and they're amazing, so they went on the list. Um, There are also a couple places that are not sort of expected. There's a, um, a distillery called Switchgrass, which is housed in this amazing um, I think it's an old, it's an old dance hall from from the 30s, maybe. In the New picture City. of this place is cool. You got You've got to check this out. And, yeah, isn't uh, it I neat? Will, I will tweet for those for those wondering. I will tweet the links to both of these articles uh, here in a few in a few minutes at George Sells on Twitter. But yeah, I'm looking at Switchgrass Spirits, and that is that is. That is a cool looking place. Where yeah, is that? Yeah, it's cool. You'd love it. It's a, it's in U City. It's in I think it's in Wilson. It's in a it's in now that I remember it's in an American an old American Legion Hall. Okay. That had yeah, that had been, you know, empty, sitting empty, and they gutted that place and restored it back to its original glory and then started making booze and <laughs> filling it up with, with amazing uh whiskeys and, and spirits and rye and it's it's again it's not just because of the spirits they're making it's not just because they're making um you know exceptional product it goes back to just like the chefs helping each other out and building a community this company um is a a company that's 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 run by its workers that shares its its wealth that has a large majority of investors are are women. There's a lot of things about it that are just sort of a little bit different and refreshing and the way that the future of food is going. 
And so they're a good, rep- they're, they're a great representation for St. Louis and, and sort of, you know, how we're a little different, how, what we have to offer. So they were included. Um, you can, you can find their, their whiskeys in, in a lot of local restaurants. You can find them at um, a couple different uh, wine and, and spirit shops in St. Louis, but they're a new addition. Um, there's a place that has been around for a while that, that should have been on the first list. Um, and I take full responsibility for that. Um, it's Matt McGuire's Louie, which uh-huh. is in the Clayton DeMunn area. Been and there recently, in fact. That's a great spot. Oh, great. Did you enjoy it? Did you oh, have yeah. Time? Oh, yeah. Always yeah. do. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. That's, and that's, you know, that is indicative of that place. When you are at Louie, you are having a good time. You are not worried about anything else. You're not, you're, you never walk in there with a concern of, is this going to be good? Is this going to be as good as I want it to be? It is one of those places that when you walk in, you submit to the experience. You hand over everything to this very competent team. And what they give you is flawless food that is, it's not reinventing the wheel. They are making food that is precise and delicious and made with heart. And at the same time, you know, it's nothing that you're going to look at and sort of poke your fork at and and wonder what it is. Um, And that's kind of, you know, that's nice. It's welcoming. It's warm. It's, it's something that it's a place you would go to twice in one week and not realize that you went twice in one week. So they are on there. Um, Tell me about this little Japanese fire truck. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That is, um, Izumi is Kurt Bellin, who is a, a, a very accomplished chef. Um, Kurt's mom hails from uh, the Izumi prefecture of, of Japan. And as a little kid, as a little boy, he had these dreams, <laughs> this was great, of driving a little red fire truck, a little Japanese red fire truck around and feeding people good food. And it sounds a little weird. It's the kind of thing that I would want to do when I was a kid. Um, so I don't think it's too bizarre, but he grew up, came to St. Louis, kept this dream of sort of introducing St. Louisans to Japanese, what, what's called, and I know this sounds a little off-putting, convenience store food. Okay. Um, but in Japan, 7-Elevens are not like we have here. They are sort <laughs> of, yeah, right? They are sort of the, the uh, you know, the whole food of 7-Elevens is, is how I'll describe them. They have exceptional food, everything you'd ever want. They have dine-in dining um, with tables and places to prepare your meals. And it's, um, it's a whole different culture, but people really do go and dine at these convenience stores on a regular basis, expecting good quality food. And so he wanted to introduce some of the items that were most popular at these places to St. Louisans. And one of the great quotes he gave me, which I included in the piece, was that if he were to go to, say, San Francisco or if he were to go to New York, he said something hilarious. He said, you'd have to kill a highborn or Noah Duke in order to get the financing to do this. But in St. Louis, you don't have to do that. And it's so true. I mean, it really is. Sometimes, you know, if, if he wanted to have this, the same venture be feasible in L.A., 
it may cost, you know, many, many tens of thousands of dollars, um, many tens of thousands of dollars. Whereas here, uh, it's, it's, it's just much more reasonable and the opportunities are, are more robust for him. So and he's essentially he's done, a food truck. So he's roaming all over the yeah. place. Yeah. in his little Japanese food truck, where do you catch is, him? He is on, you can, you can find out where he is by following his Instagram. Okay. And I'll tell you, George, if you have one of his chicken katsu sandwiches or, or his strawberry and cream sandwiches, which I think for a Western audience sounds a little bizarre to put strawberries and whipped cream in between two slices of, a very soft milk bread sounds a little strange, but when you eat it, you'll be a changed person. <laughs> I swear, okay. you will you will see enlighten you will, you will reach enlightenment. They are they are delicious and not too sweet and juicy and fragrant, and the bread is is soft and comforting, and it's they're amazing. But um, you can find them on Instagram. But I encourage I encourage anyone who wants to try his sandwiches, you have to pre-order because he's very popular. Okay. Now, Gerard Kraft needs no extra publicity, but yep. anything with niche attached to it, you got to ask mm-hmm. the question. Bowood by Niche, we've been waiting for this to open up. It's now open. Mm-hmm. Does it does it does it carry the torch? It does. It really truly does. And I I loved Bowood. I I loved it as a as a restaurant, I loved it as a farm. I loved it as a concept. I loved buying plants there. I mean, I loved everything about it. And I, I like many other St. Louisans, was heartbroken when, when they shuttered. And it's the perfect sort of place for a Gerard Craft um, establishment. It really is. He brings sort of a, a freshness to it. Um, Dakota Williams, the chef, is introducing a lot of, a lot of, dishes that are very plant-based, um, vegetable-forward, in a way that makes you not miss meat at all, which is wonderful. Um, you're eating sort of the freshest of, of, of product and produce, which ties in with that whole farm idea. And it's just, it's relaxed, it's elegant, but it's very casual, and it's it's a beautiful place to go. I've I've probably been there more often than I should be should be going. Um, I'll tell you a secret, which is no longer a secret. I actually went there for breakfast, ate breakfast, moved my belt notch over a little bit, and then I stayed for lunch. That is how much I like that place. So <laughs> I yeah I it is it's great. It's a it's a it's beautifully done. Okay, so uh, let's let's end with this. Mm-hmm. We've got your list in front of us. Uh, yeah. Where are you going next? You know, I actually, I have, t- <laughs> tomorrow I have some shopping to do at Pan-Asia Market. So I will be hitting their little um, China Bistro, which is their little food stall, and getting some Mapo Tofu, which is some of the best in St. Louis. It will it will make your, your lips numb and burn like like crazy but you'll love it. You'll beg for the burn. It's so good. And that <laughs> really China good. Bistro is number one on your list. I should point out to those yeah. who don't have it in front of them. Let's have a cheat yeah. sheet here, so I get to do, I get to do that. <laughs> well, Holly Fan, as always, it has been a blast. Thank you for joining us. Thank uh, if you. you go on uh, my Twitter at George Sells, you will find Holly's Twitter handle. You'll also find both of these articles we've been talking about for the last twenty minutes. And thank you so much for being with us on Camelax. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right. 947. We'll be back in a moment. News. 
Talk Sports. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Nine fifty-two, KMOX at your service. The train rolling into the ten o'clock station here on the Mighty Mox, and we'll wrap up with if you're into journalism, what I would rate as some pretty good news at a time when there hasn't been a lot of good news in journalism. Uh, up in Chicago, WBEZ callers probably don't mean much to you because that's the uh, public TV radio conglomerate, kind of like Channel 9 here. Uh, they have the same sort of setup where they have a, a, a media group, uh, nonprofit, of course. It's, it, it's public media. And their board announced today that they are purchasing the Chicago Sun-Times. Now let that sink in for a minute. The public, the public TV radio conglomerate in Chicago is purchasing the Chicago Sun-Times. That would be sort of like uh, the Nine Network buying the Post-Dispatch. And why do I say this is good news? Well, it, it's really rather simple. Uh, if you've been following along, you know, for the last few months and, and the last several years, really, the drama uh, that has gone on uh, at the Post-Dispatch, and, and when I say that, I, I mean this uh, from a, a corporate conglomerate level. The folks who are at the Post-Dispatch do yeoman work every day, and they take on circumstances that are just almost unthinkable as far as just cut, 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 cut that they've had to deal with from their corporate masters. And then you throw in uh, this hedge fund just tried to buy them, uh, tried to buy their parent company, Lee Enterprises, and thank God that has been fought off at least for the time being. So when hedge funds are buying newspapers around this country, cutting them to the bone and in many cases shutting them down, the fact that a well-established nonprofit in a major market that is there to do journalism is buying one of the local papers. There's still two papers in Chicago, the Tribune and the Sometimes. But uh, the fact that that is happening, uh, it's a glimmer of hope, folks, because there are a lot of people that could not care less about what you do or don't know uh, that are in positions to buy newspapers, to buy television stations, to buy radio stations in this country. You know, we're lucky here in St. Louis, uh, you know, Odyssey, who owns KMOX, you know, they're interested in doing it the right way. And, and it shows in the product that you get from this station. Uh, they've got some hardworking people down at the Post-Dispatch who are fighting the good fight. And the same goes for the television stations in town. Uh, something's going to give eventually, though, with these corporate conglomerates. And if the choice is people going out of business or just doing garbage product, or the purchasing changing. Nonprofits, public media, maybe that's the way it should go. Could save us all. I'm George Sells. Thanks for being with us. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.